0: Welcome, everyone, to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode 13 of the 2022 podcast series where we take a look at the draft eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft set to begin April 2022 in Las Vegas, Nevada. And this is the first of two podcasts dedicated to bowl season. That's right, we're at the end of the season. 44 bowl games, and we're going to go ahead and take a look at every single one, really give you kind of an idea of who to be on the lookout for in terms of the draft when we're looking at bowl season. Now, obviously, we get to the end of the year, and we've got Cincinnati, the first group of five teams actually make it into the college football playoff. Luke Fickle and company. Keep an eye out for Cincinnati. I think there's a chance that Cincinnati could upend Alabama. We'll break that down later on in the next podcast. But I really look at Desmond Ritter, I look at Jerome Ford, and that offense really staying balanced. I think the key to victory is allowing Jerome Ford to do what he does. If Desmond Ritter has to throw the ball 30, 40 times, Cincinnati's in trouble. But I think Jerome Ford is really gonna be the key on offense defensively. Man, Sauce Gardner, Kobe Bryant against Jamison Williams, that is worth the price of admission in and of itself. And then you look at the other side, Michigan finally getting it done against Ohio State, Jim Harbaugh, AP Coach of the Year, taking on the Georgia Bulldogs, who up to that SEC championship game looked like a a a team that that was a generational defense. And then Bama torched them, Heisman Trophy winner Bryce Young putting on a display and uh, Alabama ends up with the number one seed yet again. It's gonna be an interesting matchup. Two teams that really like to do the same thing offensively and a couple of powerhouses on defense. So I think there are a couple of really fun matchups that we're gonna be taking a look at. And then obviously when you talk about the end of the year, you're also talking about a lot of the awards and accolades, right? So when you're talking about that, you gotta look, obviously we've mentioned Bryce Young, who is not only the Heisman Trophy winner, also winning the Maxwell Award and the Davey O'Brien Award, this is a guy who I think is, is really the odds-on favorite to be the number one overall pick in the 2023 draft. Poised and, and so mature beyond his years. A guy, just the pocket presence, the ability to know where to go with the football at any given time. Um, the kid just doesn't get rattled. Even in his uh, Heisman acceptance, acceptance speech, didn't break down, just picture of cool. And, and you know I, I think that's really, he's taken some of that California cool to, to Bama. And uh, I, I think you know, the only guy that could upend him is uh, you know, the winner of the Nagurski Award on the defensive side of the football, and that's Will Anderson. You know This guy's starting to look like a generational type talent rushing the quarterback. You know 31 tackles for loss, over 15 sacks. You know, he's not quite to Derek Thomas level yet for Bama, but uh, you know, if he has a year like that then you know, we could be talking about Bryce Young versus Will Anderson, number one overall teammate versus teammate uh, you know, to make for a lot of really interesting discussions, especially if, if you've got a team up there at the top that is in need of both positions. And then uh, the Dope Walker Award, no surprise, going to Kenneth Walker III. It's uh, tremendous year there at Michigan. Uh, the, you know, the, the vision. The the patience, the cutback ability, and then the all-out speed. um, But the contact balance, you know, right? The missed tackles, running through contact. um, You know, this guy does a little bit of everything. And, uh, you know, you you wish you would have gotten to see more of this, because obviously he's probably going to be entering the draft. Outside shot at the first round, more than likely going to be a second-round pick, but more than worthy of that dope walker award. Blitnikoff goes to Jordan Addison over Jamison Williams and look Jordan Addison man he and Kenny Pickett really had that connection and uh, Kenny Pickett you know number three in the Heisman voting Uh, but Jordan Addison I think is the odds-on favorite to be that number one wideout uh, when we start talking about next year's draft and really with Jordan Addison you know he's not the biggest guy by any means but man can he attack the ball in the air the body control the hands really a special talent there mackie award is is trey mcbride out of colorado state this is a guy you know uh, espn noted that 70 percent of the time he's actually an attached tight end so what he's able to do 84 catches over a thousand yards uh, you know a guy that also is a, is a pretty good blocker um you know i think when when hayden hurst went off the board in round one I, i'm thinking there's a chance that Trey mcbride could slide in to the first round uh, if there's a team that's looking for a tight end at the end back end of round one but i think if not then he'll be one of the first few picks coming off the board uh, when day two begins interior line obviously you know you look at jordan davis the mammoth uh 6'6", 350 pounder how can you miss him out on the football field this guy uh, moves so well for a guy his size, and, and obviously you know the strength and the power, his ability to take on multiple blockers, just really uh, you know throwing guys aside, and you know, but the speed, his ability to change directions and pursue a guy all the way to the sideline, um, you know, is something special. You know, and you know the comparisons to John Henderson, to you know Dexter Lawrence, to Dontari Poe are absolutely warranted and valid. And this guy, you know, takes home not only the, the Outland Award uh, or the Outland Trophy, but also uh, the Bidnarek. And, you know, it's, it's much deserved for a guy there on the interior, really creating a lot of holes for, uh, you know, the guys around him. Um, so definitely a special player there. Uh, Lombardi Award goes to, to Aiden Hutchinson. And, and look, you know, Aiden, you know, you look at what he's able to do. the The passion that is just so infectious and and, with which you you know that that he plays with and when you watch him coming off the edge you know some people say that he doesn't have a ton of power the bull rush come on he's running guys over you watch him you know some of the long arms as he's turning the corner uh the hands he's not quite to, to the bosa level but man he's got some pretty powerful hands as well uh, uses those hands to you know double you know a, really a variety of ways the, the double hand swipe the chop the rip um, you know he's got a really nice arm over as well uh, that he likes to utilize quite a bit will beach it to the inside to the outside can set the edge against the run um, you know if i'm detroit I take a hard look at Aiden Hutchinson at number one overall, because look, he's got those ties to Michigan already, you know, sitting there, you know, Detroit, it just makes a whole lot of sense and one player can really galvanize a city. And uh, so that's something that they have to think about, you know, if, if not Kayvon Thibodeau, then possibly Aiden Hutchinson, you know, a guy that just always seemed to be around uh, the quarterback, 15 pressures against Ohio State, um, you know, it just again, just an infectious, infectious personality. Um, Buckus Award goes to Nicobe Dean. I think, you know, without question, he and Devin Moy were basically one, one A and one B in terms of that linebacker position. A guy that plays sideline to sideline, uh, you know, times his blitzes so well. He's the best blitzer uh, in college football. The only thing that I would like to see a little bit more out of Nicobe Dean is, is his ability to drop, and that's where I think Devin Lloyd actually has the edge. Um, when you're talking about putting him into an NFL scheme. This is a guy who's a little bit more versatile. He can even put his hand in the dirt and, and rush the quarterback a little bit, um, but he can drop into coverage. Um, you know, you watch him, uh, the, the fluidity with his movements, you know, the, the backpedaling to then drive on the football, no wasted movement. Uh, really does a good job reading the quarterback's eyes. You know, there's a pick six there in the, uh, the Pac-12 championship. You know, and, and so, you know, those two guys, though, are probably going to go right off the board. If not in the top 10, then probably, you know, top 15. I don't think either of those guys get that out of the top 15. And then you get to the uh, the Thorpe Award. And I know that there's a lot of talk about uh, Derek Stingley, you know, had the ankle injury. Uh, Sauce Gardner, people didn't really throw his way. Kair Elam uh, got injured during the season. You know, Andrew Booth didn't see the ball thrown his way a lot but when he did he made made his presence felt and made a you know some spectacular interceptions uh, when you talk about the Thorpe where there's one guy at that cornerback position who really has been underrated and I think you know people haven't really talked about him in that upper echelon and they should be and that's Kobe Bryant out of Cincinnati you know so physical uh, you know off the line really that press corner but a guy who you know he can run with you like you know and stick with you like glue he doesn't you know Get fooled easily to the you know those double moves, um, drives well on the football in, in zone coverage. Does a great job reading the quarterback's eyes. You're know, looking to undercut routes uh, whenever possible as well. Uh, when he arrives at that uh, at the, at the catch point, you know, whether it's high pointing the football or attacking the, the receiver's arms, this guy you know comes with bad intentions. You know he's looking to make a play, and uh, you know very deserving of that Thorpe Award. And then you look at the 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 the, uh, the specialists. But Jake Moody was a model of consistency there at Michigan. That's why he wins the Lou Grozo Award over Gabe Burkich. Burkich early on, I thought, had the edge, but he struggled down the stretch. And that's really, there was about a three-game window where he was missing some kicks there for the Sooners. And that's really what opened the door for Jake Moody, who's a little bit more consistent. And then, uh, you know, the the booming leg of, of Matt Araiza, uh there at San Diego State. This is a guy who... Uh, You know, is a treat to watch and you'll get to see him in the bowl game. 86-yard punt, come on. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous what this guy is able to do. And uh, so, very deserving of that uh, I'm sorry, of the the Ray Guy award for the top punter. Um, So those were the awards. We know what's going on with the, the college football playoff, but I mentioned there were 44 total bowl games. So not every bowl game obviously is going to be for that national title, but it's one of my favorite times of year. You know, it's one of those things to where I get, it's my last chance to get to see some of these teams and uh, and some of these players. And really, it's it's just fun matchups, matchups that you wouldn't get to see any other any other way. So what we're gonna do now is we're actually gonna break down each of these bowl games. Obviously, we're not gonna get through 44 in this first podcast, but we're gonna do another one in a couple of days, and we'll go ahead and finish off the rest of the bowl games. So we'll actually cover the college football playoff in that second podcast. What we'll do, we'll start you know here on, on December 17th, which is just in a couple of days, and we'll get through just as many as we can before uh, we go ahead and call it a day. But there's at least one pro prospect in each of these bowl games and more than likely one per team. So we'll go ahead and jump right into things. There are a lot of bowls to cover. We're gonna start with the Bahamas, you know, the the Bahama Bowl. And I'll tell you what, when you're talking about the Bahamas Bowl, you know, I mean, what better way to start kickoff bowl season than in the Caribbean? And you got uh, Middle Tennessee taking on Toledo. And when I look at this game, Toledo has a couple of guys. You know, I think Brian Kobach, the, the junior running back, he's six foot 210 pounds. Uh, over 1200 yards this past season 6.7 yards per carry 15 touchdowns also 29 receptions when you look at him a thousand yard rusher in 2019 and 2021 uh, 917 yards as a freshman 65 career receptions you know when this guy is you know is healthy and, and is, is on, on full you know firing on all cylinders he's a player you know we talk about mac running backs and uh, really just group of five in general. There's always one running back every single year that kind of rises to the top. Kobach likely going to come back and play for the Rockets in, in 2022, uh, but he's a name to watch out for, you know, especially watching in that bowl game, some of that momentum at the end of the season. I, I think about uh, Jarrett Patterson and, and the success that he's had there with the Redskins. Brian Kobach may be on a similar path. And then defensively, Jamal Hines, 6'3", 250 pounds, the edge rusher. Is he a defensive end? Is he an outside linebacker? That's one of the things that teams are gonna have to figure out. But look, very, very active. Uh, 82 tackles on the year, 14 and a half tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks. A guy that bends very well coming off the edge. you know, a guy who has 15 sacks in his career, 10 pass breakups. I mean, he had eight this past season. Uh, a guy who is going to be a force and really going to give the Blue Raiders some trouble. And he's one of those guys that I think is going to end up, um, you know, making a roster. You know, I look at that fifth, sixth round range. It feels right there for Jamal Hines. And I'm really, I want to see him make a splash in the bowl game. Get a couple of sacks. You know, make a couple of big plays and, and really. Get that momentum going into some of those all-star games and uh right into that pre-draft process. For middle Tennessee, there's a guy I swear he's been at, at Middle Tennessee for for the better part of a decade. Um Re Blankenship, 6'1, 204 really uh you know the the captain leader of that defense really like a coach back there 106 tackles this past season 10 tackles for loss a guy that likes to play in the box but can also play uh you know on on the back end as well look 415 tackles in his career including 107 in 2018. Uh, 19 pass breakups in his career uh four forced uh, three forced fumbles four fumble recoveries just a nose for the football very instinctive and i think about him you know i don't know that he's necessarily the best athlete um, but definitely a, a heady football player, a guy that uh, you know is just—he's just tough as nails. I think about Andrew Wingard, you know, a, a group of five safety, a guy that you know ended up playing his way right onto that Jacksonville Jaguar roster. And not only was he a special teams ace, but he ended up seeing the field as a starter uh, for the Jags. I can see Reed Blankenship kind of carving that same path for himself there at Middle Tennessee. Another guy to keep an eye out for is junior corner uh, Gregory Great Jr. 5'11", 197 pounds, uh, six forced fumbles, and eight interceptions, including seven during the last two seasons. He'll be a guy to keep an eye on as we roll into uh, the 2022 football season. So moving on to the Cure Bowl. Cure Bowl in in Camping World Stadium there in Orlando, Florida. That's going to pit the the, uh, Northern Illinois Huskies against the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Uh, arguably the, the best mascot in all of college football. How often do you get to you know, talk about the Chanticleers? Uh, but when you look at Northern Illinois, you know, they, they have Rocky Lombardi at quarterback, they have a thousand yard rusher and freshman Jay Ducker, um, also led by a, a freshman on defense as well, and CJ Brown, 103 tackles on the year. But if there's going to be a guy that Northern Illinois is going to hang their hat on in terms of the draft uh, possibility, you're looking at that fullback, Clint Rakovich. Uh, six foot 229 pounds this dude is is physical he's tough as nails Um, you know a transfer from from an fcs program uh, western illinois Uh, this dude you know 600 pound squat already has his degree in engineering technology Um, but you know a lead blocker you know does a really good job you know just coming around off the edge and, and finding those those linebackers able to uh to set the edge for guys but you know this guy had a 96 yard for a touchdown uh, during the season, was named the team captain after his transfer, both he and Rocky Lombardi, so I think that's something to really take a look at as well. But 98 carries, 448 yards on the year, 12 touchdowns. Um, also, you know, caught, caught some passes out of the backfield. This is a guy, I, I just think, when you look at you talk about guys who are football players. Is he, you know, this guy is absolutely bad. I think about Andy Janovich, uh, you know, a fullback there for, uh, for Denver, just the toughest nails. Um, You know, physical guy. I think Ratkovich is the same type of player. Um, You know, likely not to get drafted. If he does, it's gonna be late. Um, But a guy who I think has a a chance, really a shot to to make an NFL roster when it's all said and done. Now, with Coastal Carolina, Grayson McCall, the quarterback, uh, you know he's a redshirt sophomore, you know, and, and likely he's going to be coming back. Um, but when you look at him, 73% completion percentage, uh, you know, a long of, of 99 yards to uh, Isaiah Likely. We'll talk about Likely here in a minute, but uh, over 2,500 yards, 23 touchdowns, three interceptions, battled injuries during the season, um, but during blitz and pressure, ESPN noted that uh, you know 87% completion percentage. So this guy is money in terms of. Um, you know, and just being able to deliver the football to his to his receivers, um, the velocity on the back shoulder throws, allowing his man to be the only man to, to make a play on the ball. Very decisive. Knows where his checkdowns are as well. Um, the pocket presence. You see him stepping up to avoid the rush. Um, finds guys, you know, whether it's down the sideline or or on, um, you know, over the middle. Um, very just a, a savvy, savvy quarterback, and just you know very mature beyond his years. Um, he'll be a guy to watch out for in that 2022 draft as well. I'm sorry, 2023 draft. Um, you know Javon Hiley, You know his receiver, six foot, 187 pounds, um, thousand yard receiver, seven touchdowns. Uh, missed you know being a back-to-back thousand yard uh, receiver by uh, two yards uh, a season ago, but uh, ten touchdowns last year. This is a guy. He has tremendous body control. Really does a great job uh, with this footwork along the sideline. You know the toe tappers, the, the, the dragging the toes as well. Um, does a good job. You know coming across the field, will run away from defenders. Uh, pretty smooth with some of his route running as well. Um, you know, he's one of those receivers that people aren't really talking about. I think part of it is, is because he does come from Group of Five, Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina. Uh, but a guy who I think is going to sneak into the draft, probably in that sixth, seventh round range. Um, but a guy who I think, because of that footwork, because of his ability to to run routes and and get open, I, I could definitely see highly ending up, if nothing else, making it a practice squad. Uh, Isaiah Likely. Number four, (laughs) you know, and you know, he's 6'4, 240 pounds. This tight end, uh, you know, that's second leading receiver uh, for the chance clears, 52 uh, receptions, 816 yards, 15.7 yards per reception, uh, with 10 touchdowns. Yes, he had that 99 yard uh, reception for touchdown, and that's really when he jumped on everybody's radar. This is a guy, I'll tell you, last year. I thought was even more impressive you know 20 yards per reception you know, 601 yards uh, on 30 receptions and five touchdowns and he was battling an ankle injury and i thought it was crazy during that was jamie chadwell you know he, he tried to get as much out of his tight end as, as he could because he was his number one really the number one deep threat um and and so what would happen is is he'd run a lot of uh seam routes and things where he didn't have to cut too much off of that ankle and Big play after big play after big play down the football field. And he wouldn't be able to play the entire game. So you got as much as you could, likely only in the first half, no pun intended. And uh, just a guy, you know, he's just so athletic as a receiver. And that's the thing that I think is so impressive. You know, against Appalachian State, I watched him not just, you know, with the vertical routes, but, you know, his ability, you know, makes a catch on an eight-yard route, slams on the brakes, then is able to get up the field. Uh, that start you know stop and start for a tight end you don't see that very often uh, you know so I, I think he's one of those receiving tight ends uh, you know who's gonna be a mid-round pick he'll probably come off the board early on day three but uh, a, a guy that teams are gonna fall in love with uh, you know defensively you got CJ Brewer uh, you know a, a guy who I think is, is definitely a, an animal there for uh one of the Chanticleers on, on the inside. 6'2", 290 pounds, a guy that knows how to get after the quarterback. Uh, really a lot of fun to watch there on the interior. Teddy Gallagher there for uh, you know the linebackers, both he and Silas Kelly. You know The, the mullets flowing for sure. Uh, Silas Kelly, you know, 6'4", 230 pounds, uh, very active linebacker. These are two guys that I think um, you are know, likely to be priority free agents more than likely. I think if, if there is going to be somebody uh, that's going to get drafted out of the group, it, it may end up being Silas Kelly. Um, you know, it, it's it's one of those things to where um, you know that linebacker position. There, there are going to be a lot of guys that uh, you know. Are, are going to be in that competition to to be drafted, and it's one of those things to where you run out of some of that, that draft space at some point. But with Silas Kelly, you have 319 tackles in his career, 24 and a half tackles for loss, nine sacks, five pass breakups in his career as well. You know, a, a guy that does make plays behind the line of scrimmage can get after the quarterback a little bit. Uh, you know, really in, in you know four out of his five seasons, you know he, he had uh, you know the 2019 season cut short but uh, 60 plus tackles in each of his seasons. uh, They're for the Chanticleers. He's a guy to keep an eye out for, for sure though, as we get through the pre-draft process. Could he sneak into a late day three? It's always possible. And then Jordan Strong, uh, 5'11", 175 pounds. This is a guy who I think really kind of burst onto everybody's radar uh, a season ago. And, uh, you know, just continued that at solid plays, 5'11", 175. So when you look at that, he's a little undersized. Is he going to be a guy that can really play on the outside, or is he going to be more of a slot guy? Um, But last year, five interceptions, uh, one of which was returned for a touchdown in his first year there um, with the Chanticleers. uh, Follows that up, didn't pick off a pass, but another seven uh, pass breakups as well. Teams really tried to shy away from him. Uh, more than anything else. Uh, you know, he's a guy could be a day three pick as well uh, because I, I do like his ball skills. He's a guy that I, I think does need to have a, a big game um, just showing off his ability to, to make plays and get into those all-star games and really ball out as well. And then one final guy is going to be Jeffrey Gunter. He's 6'4", 260 pounds. This is an intriguing guy. Very athletic. I think he's more athletic than, than Taron Jackson, um, who was drafted there at a... At a uh, a season ago, when you look at it, 38 and a half tackles for loss, 17 sacks, a guy that can really bend coming off the edge, as a nose for the football, nine forced fumbles as well. Um, you know, just the guy who in, in, in the last three seasons really made a name for himself, making plays behind the line of scrimmage, at least eight and a half tackles for loss and five sacks in each of the last three seasons. Um, you know, and really, you know, you're expecting to see some of that, you know, see what he could do without Taryn Jackson on the other side. Still ended up with eight and a half tackles for loss, five and a half sacks. Um, you know, So a guy who I think can play against the run, he can set the edge a little bit. You know, And look, he was playing a lot of linebacker. He wasn't always playing defensive end. He's one of those intriguing prospects for me and a guy I'm going to be curious to see how he does throughout that, that, that draft process. Uh, one final guy is a freshman. 6'2, 245 pounds his name is josiah stewart 12 and a half sacks you want to talk about an undersized but very explosive guy josiah stewart is absolutely that guy we're going to be talking about him um, over the next couple of years just very explosive explosive pass rusher uh, along the interior of that front um, when you move to, to december 18th you're looking at the boca Bowl, um in fau stadium western kentucky taking on appalachian state and You've got uh, you know, Bailey Zappy there for, for Western Western Kentucky, six foot, two hundred fifteen pounds, a very undersized quarterback. Um, you know, a, a guy who is the career passing yards leader there for FBS. Why, you know, haven't you heard of him? Well, he he came from uh, Houston Baptist, where he just threw the football all around the yard. Um, over fifteen thousand career passing yards. He's the FBS active leader. Um, sixty-nine point two percent completion percentage, over fifty-five hundred yards, fifty-six touchdowns, eleven interceptions. You see, you know, you say, well, eleven interceptions—that's a lot when you're talking about uh, you know, the number of, 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 of passes that this guy had to throw in Tyson Helson, Helton's offense. You know, it, it really you know, starts to add up just a little bit there. You now, this is a guy who I, I think the E is undersized, but he has a really solid, you know, really strong arm. You know, a guy that can. Push the football down the field. I think he's going to get drafted. It'll be late on day three, um, but somebody who can, you know, he, he understands, you know, who he is. Um, you know, can really, um, you know, he, he's all about accuracy. You know, I, I think that deep ball accuracy is something that he can really hang his hat on. That's one of the things that you saw, you know, against UTSA and the Conference USA championship in a losing effort. Um, you know, really able to put the football uh, over. You know the the receiver's shoulder. Even though you know some of these passes were dropped, he was putting the ball right on the money down the football field. Um, you saw him escaping pressure, whether it's to the left or to the right, getting those hips around, good velocity on the football on the move. Um, you know, really uh, you know, more athletic than I was expecting him to be. But he's he's a pocket passer. You know, only 22 uh, yards on the ground and three touchdowns. Um, so not really a guy that you're going to be expecting to, to get very mobile. Uh, but you know, look against FAU. You know, threw the ball 49 times, 470 yards, six touchdowns. Did have a couple of picks in that game against the Owls, but uh, you know that, that arm strength, the ability. You know, 40 plus yards was something that you saw time and time again there. Um, and the one thing that he does have to watch out for is that at trajectory on his deep ball. Uh, there were some moon balls that he would throw, and he just kind of throws it up there and it allows those corners to get into position, and really the receivers have to turn into the defensive back, because a lot of times the corners have that that inside position, um, with that inside leverage, and uh, box out the receivers. So a lot of times you can get into trouble there. Um, But I I like the ball placement for him. I like the anticipation. Um, Like I said, decision-making at times can be a little bit questionable. Um, Undersized. Um, but I think it'll definitely be a, a, a day three pick. His number one receiver is going to be Jarrett Stearns. You know, number eight. He's 5'9", 195 pounds. He's only a junior. May come back. May decide to, to leave, depending on what Zappy does. One hundred thirty seven catches this past season. Seventeen hundred yards. Fourteen touchdowns. Uh, a guy who just was an absolute weapon. You know, and obviously, you know when. You have that chemistry with your receiver you're going to transfer with him um, you know like he did there from houston baptist really a good route runner i think that's one of the things that you see uh, from him very smooth you know you watch him um, you know on some of these crosses you know very stays parallel to the line of scrimmage really making giving the quarterback an easy target ran those a lot of the underneath routes to perfection and uh, that ultimately opened up the ability to then get vertical and get down the field Um, you know, some of those double moves and such. So, uh, Stearns, I think, would be a nice slot receiver at the next level whenever he does decide to uh, call it a career there at Western Kentucky. And then when you go to the defensive side of the football, you're looking at D'Angelo Malone, you know, and uh, number 10. 6'3", 234 pounds. This was a guy that I am talking about in last year's draft, thinking that maybe he would come out, decided to come back for one more season, and look, This guy filled up the stat sheet, 343 tackles, 58 tackles for loss, three straight double-digit tackle for loss years, uh, 31 sacks, um, four years was six-plus, most was 11 in in 2019, six pass breakups, eight forced fumbles, had 99 tackles. kind of that edge rusher position in 2019 Uh, had 20 and a half tackles for loss in that season as well Uh, look followed that up this year with 88 tackles uh, 16 and a half going for loss seven uh, sacks and four forced fumbles Uh, and really this is a guy he's very athletic he's he's one of those guys who can um, get underneath the pad level of the offensive lineman uses those hands with a nice rip move uh, really good hips turning the corner gets those hips flipped as he's turning and uh, doesn't you know? It's not so much robotic; it's more fluid. Um, the biggest thing that I worry about, you know, with him is he needs to play in space. And once offensive linemen get their hands on him, he can't get off those blocks. And so you worry about him being able to to set the edge. So really, he, you got to allow him to play in space. And look, he can make plays behind the line of scrimmage. When you look at it, you, know, you have 31 sacks. Uh, to go with those, you know, the 58 tackles for loss. So he's not just a one-trick pony. He can make plays behind the line of scrimmage, but he uses that athleticism. He uses that burst off the football, uh, his ability to chase down defenders from behind, uh, very athletic. Um, but that's really what you know. He's got to go to a team. I think he'll be a mid-day three pick. Um, but a guy who could be used as a situational pass rusher. But I think there's a little bit more to him. I think you know you just need to work on you know being able to allow him to play in space. Can he stack and shed a little bit? Can he get off some of these blocks? I think that's really going to be one of the keys uh, for D'Angelo Malone moving forward. Appalachian State, you know, this is an interesting team. You know, they they, they brought in Chase Bryce uh, from Appalachian State, his third team after you know Clemson and Duke transfer. Um, you know, 23 touchdowns and 10 interceptions on the year. Much better than the 10 touchdowns and 15 interceptions, you know, at Duke a season ago. Um, you know, this is a guy who, you know, I think, struggles at times with his accuracy, some of his decision making. Um, And so that's really what Appalachian State's going to have to watch out for. Um, You know, I I think really what you want to see them do is is try to run the football. You know, Cameron Peoples is only a junior. You look at him. He was the guy that, uh, in the Myrtle Beach Bowl, uh, put up 317 yards and five touchdowns. Is he going to do that again in this bowl game? They finished last year 10th in the country in rushing, over uh, 1,100 yards, uh, 6.7 yards per carry and 12 touchdowns. This season, 825 yards and 14 touchdowns not much of a factor at all in the running game but this is a very upright runner uh very much a a downhill guy likes to run through contact uh one cut and go is is really one of the things that you see more than anything else with uh with cameron peoples i'm just hoping to be able to see him play in the game and and see what he can do when you look at at the receivers i know that uh corey sutton's ruled out of the game but you do have Thomas Hennigan in there, uh, 6'1, 210 pounds. This guy's been there forever as well. Um, over 200 receptions, over 3,000 yards, 23 touchdowns, very smooth a possession receiver, uh, a guy who is just a savvy route runner, played you know, every game last year what was playing hurt. You see some of that explosiveness back, and that's one of the things that I'm really looking forward to. Can Thomas Hennigan make a roster? I'd like to see him at least get onto a practice squad and see if he can work his way into uh, onto a roster. Uh, Full time because I think he does possess some of that that, that route running ability, that that just knack for being able to get open. He's not the fastest guy by any means, but he just know you know that route running and that savviness. You see that with Cooper Cup. He's definitely not the fastest guy by any means you know, when you look at Cooper Cup. You know, Four six three forty I think or something like that at the combine. Four six five, but nobody can cover him. It's because of that that that, that suddenness and that that you know he's quicker than he is fast and and just understanding angles and being able to get himself open. Nobody could cover Cooper Cup at the Senior Bowl. Uh, Hennigan's not gonna go to the Senior Bowl, but you know if he does get that opportunity in one of the other uh, All-Star games, being able to take advantage of that. Defensively there for Appalachian State, obviously you, you gotta look at the linebacker, number 52, DeMarco Jackson, 6'2", 230 pounds. The Sun Belt, defensive player of the year, 15 tackles for loss um, on the season. And guy who just plays all over the field, uh, you know six uh, six sacks and interception, five pass breakups, 114 tackles. Uh, times his blitz, blitzes very well coming downhill. Um, you know also does a really good job filling holes, uh, lighting up uh, lighting up running backs in the hole. Um, you'll, you'll see him come off the edge, taking on on running backs as well. You know, really, the biggest thing is is can he drop? He does have five pass breakups, but can he drop into coverage? Is he more of a a two-down linebacker? He's really going to have to show that he can drop into coverage. I'm hoping that he gets the opportunity to do that a little bit in this game. I mean, look, you know, there, he's going to have every opportunity to be able to do that there against Western Kentucky. If he has a big season, or a big game, I think that's really going to help in terms of his draft stock overall. And then you got Demetrius Taylor. Um, you know, he's kind of an undersized, you know, kind of an interesting body type. He's 6 foot, 298 pounds, 46 and a half tackles for loss, 26 and a half sacks in his career. Three straight seasons with 10 plus tackles for loss and at least six sacks. Also 10 pass breakups, really has some long arms even though he's, he's uh, just 6 foot. Um, but a guy who is very explosive, he, he can get up the field in a hurry, uses those hands, and you see him with that speed to power to really drive through those offensive uh, offensive tackles um, if you put a running back on him and try to try to block he's gonna run through blow up those running back blocks and, and get into the backfield um, you know, saw him against coastal Carolina and uh, used a really impressive long arm you know off of that speed to power driving his man back into the quarterback you know decent speak looping around on a stunt and, and runs through some blocks that's really you know I think you, know, you look at him some of that controlled aggression and that, that power uh, you know, And that's really one of the things that's going to be interesting with Demetrius Taylor is, is, is can he find a, you know, a team that will be able to take advantage of that um, celebration bowl, you know, Mercedes Benz Stadium there in Atlanta, uh, you've got South South Carolina State taking on Jackson State. And really, you've got uh, James Houston the fourth there for Jackson State, you know, he's 6'1", 230 pounds, the Florida transfer, um, you know, a guy who uh, you know, when you look at him you with know, just 100 tackles, 10 and a half tackles for loss, four and a half sacks, and three forced fumbles and three years as a Florida Gator, you know, a guy who was sharing a lot of time with a lot of other linebackers. You know, you've got Brenton Cox there, to Ventrell Miller, uh, you know, Mohamed uh, Diabate, a lot of guys that were really, just, you know, congested. He just couldn't get you know, see the field enough to really showcase what he could do. Goes to Jackson State and uh, play for Dion. 14 and a half tackles for loss. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, 14 and a half sacks to go along with 21 and a half tackles for loss and seven forced fumbles. Keep an eye out for James Houston, day three guy, um, but definitely a guy who can be that edge rusher coming off the edge. You know, I, I think there's going to be some question why he wasn't he able to showcase that at the FBS level there in the SEC. But you know, still, you know, the pass rush—if you can get after the quarterback, you know, scouts are going to find you, and, and that's one of the things you really want to be able to see James Houston kind of showcase some of that in this bowl. I think if he gets going early, you're going to see Jackson State really start, uh, you know, start to. Pull away from South Carolina, uh, South Carolina State. New Mexico Bowl. You got Fresno State taking on the UTEP Miners. Really great to see the UTEP Miners in a bowl game. Um, they'll be playing there at University Stadium in Albuquerque. Uh, Fresno State. You know what's interesting is is they have their quarterback Jake Hayner enter the transfer portal and then decide against it and actually issued an apology online. Um, you know this is a guy uh, almost a you know 68 passer. Over 3,800 yards, 32 touchdowns, nine interceptions. This dude—he doesn't have the you know the body type necessarily at six foot, 200 pounds, but um, you know he's got a, a decent enough arm. But really, what you see here is is the toughness. You know, if you watched that UCLA game, this was a guy who was just beaten up and still was able to lead them down the field. Uh, you know, 37, 33 down. You know, down to to the Bruins, less than a minute to play, um, and was able to lead them down and score with six uh, with 14 seconds to play uh, you know six plays 75 yards and just the grit you know this he can barely barely walk barely move and still somehow found a way to will his team to victory I mean that's one of the things that I think is so impressive when you watch Jake Hayner play um, you know pretty accurate um, you know, I, I love the pocket presence, he's, he's tough, he's going to hang in there um, you know, and, and look to deliver the, the football down the field. Um, one of those guys, you know, crossing routes, you know, that's one of the things that drives me nuts a lot of times is you know, those crossing routes, not being able to hit the receiver and stride and allow them to make plays after the catch. Jake Hayner does a great job of doing that, uh, being able to hit him, allow him to to then turn up the field, uh, to be a very accurate passer as well. Uh, So he'll be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Ronnie Rivers, their running back, uh, over 3,400 yards and 40 touchdowns in his career. But here's the big thing, and this is what's going to make him uh, catch NFL team's eye. And that's the 150 receptions in his career as well. A, a guy who is so dynamic with that, uh, his ability to catch the football out of the backfield. You see the quick feet to make defenders miss it in the backfield, and then down the field as well. Uh, the burst, the acceleration. Um, you know, a guy who can make plays in the open field. Uh, you know, his father Ron Rivers played six seasons with the Lions in, in, in the NFL. So, uh, Ronnie Rivers, you know, he's going to have to fight to make a roster. But again. There's going to be at least one or two group of five guys that may not get drafted but end up finding their way onto the roster. I think Ronnie Rivers can end up being one of those guys uh, because of his ability to catch the football out of the backfield. Aaron Mosby is a guy that I really like on the defensive side for Fresno State. Um, you know, 6'4, 246, the outside linebacker. Um, you know, in, in his career, uh, you know, five and a half sacks. 10 pass breakups, but but 25 and a half tackles for loss. guy that likes to play in the backfield, make a lot of plays behind uh, the line of scrimmage, um, does a good job. Really in pursuit, I think that's the biggest thing that I that I saw from him was being able to, to chase down uh, the ball carrier, uh, blowing up runs. You saw him looping around on stunts. Um, active hands that's one of the things you, you see as well he can bend a little bit and put some pressure on the quarterback but really this is the guy that that's gonna make a lot of his uh, you know his, his presence felt in the running game and that's one of the things that can he be a presence as a pass rusher you know enough of a presence as a pass rusher to end up you know sticking with the roster that's gonna be one of the biggest questions um, you got a couple of guys uh, on the defensive line David Perales and, and Kevin Atkins uh, Perales is 6'3", 246, kind of an undersized defensive end. Uh, Atkins, 6'3", 305. Both have seven sacks on the year. They'll be a presence up front. I think Fresno State ends up running away with this game, but UTEP has a guy to keep an eye out for um, who's a, a, only a sophomore. The receiver, Jacob Cowie. You know, he's 5'11", 170 pounds, over 1,300 yards receiving, 19.9 yards per reception, seven touchdowns. He'll be a lot of fun to watch. I haven't gotten to watch Utah, uh, UTEP play uh, so I'm really excited to be able to watch Cowing, uh, the linebacker the junior linebacker, Breon Hayward 6'1", 230 pounds uh, leading tackler, you know, 97 tackles on the year, and then the, the corner you know, the, if you're looking for a senior uh, you know, Divon Inyang he's 6'1", 180 pounds so has some really good size, 3 interceptions 7 pass breakups, he'll be a guy that I'll be keeping an eye out for as well uh, but I, I think at the end of the day, Fresno State going to have way too much firepower for the Miners Independence Bowl, UAB versus BYU in Shreveport. And when you talk about BYU, I think the first thing that you really have to look at is that running back, Ta- uh, Tyler Algier. He's 5'10", 221 pounds, and he brings that linebacker mentality to the running back position. A guy that did play linebacker there for the Cougars, uh, moved back to running back, and a guy who, uh, you know, look, all the missed tackles you know, I, I think what I saw at, uh, during the USC game, ESPN noted you know, 58 missed tackles, which was tied for seventh in the FBS. 15.5 percent broken tackle percentage, which was ninth in the FBS at that time. Um, and that was at the end of the season. Um, you know, runs through initial contact with ease. Uh, not the fastest guy when you get him into the open field, but you know he does have decent wiggle for a guy his size. Uh, you know, being able to set guys up and be able to weave through defenders. Um, so. Algier, uh, you know, likes to get north and south in a hurry, but you know, good vision. Actually, has really good hands out of the backfield as well. I think that's one of the biggest things that uh, I-, I thought dem- you know really demonstrated uh, you know that that uh, ability. Um, but just so tough to bring down that effort on every single play. When you talk about effort uh, against ASU, Merlin Robertson picked off a pass down the sideline, was gone chased him down 60 yards, ultimately punched the ball free and got BYU the football back. Um, you know That in and of itself, that effort, is one of the things that you love to see. Um, you know, sophomore uh, Blake Freeland, uh, 6'8", 305. Um, a guy who may come back to to BYU. I think it would behoove him to, to come back for one more season and potentially be a, a, a first day pick. Uh, very smooth, uh, very you know, good lateral agility. That's one of the things you see good punch at the point of attack as well. I think he does need to like Brady Christensen, you know, uh, know, uh, who before him, you know, that left tackle there for for the Cougars really needs to work on that lower body strength. I think think that's really the biggest thing He's more of a finesse uh, tackle really needs to um, hit the weight room a little bit more and, and get more weight in that lower body, that lower half to be able to. Drive his man and really be a little bit more physical as a uh, as a blocker there in the running game. UAB has a tight end who has a chance to be to be drafted. Very athletic, um, could be a weapon over the middle, uh, both up the seam and on crossing routes. 6'5", 240 hundred forty pound Garrett Prince, number twenty. Uh, Look, you know, in, in 2021, 32 receptions, 656 yards, up 20, uh, 20.5 yards per reception, eight touchdowns. The guy who's definitely a weapon stretching the football down the field, uh, you know, the blocking, you know, leaves a little bit to be desired, but definitely a guy who uh, could end up you know, seeing himself getting drafted sixth, seventh round. Um, just because of his his ball skills, his ability to uh, you know, to stretch the seam a little bit, and, and really uh, those hands. You know, if, if you're a big guy there at that tight end position and a guy that you can line up, you know, just about anywhere on the field, then there, there could definitely be a home for you. But he does have to improve that blocking if he wants to stick with another pro you know, with a program there at the next level. Lending Tree Bowl, they're in P, uh, Lab People Stadium there, Mobile, Alabama. Um, Eastern Michigan taking on Liberty. The big question mark is whether or not Malik Willis is going to play. Uh, you know, look, you know, Malik Willis to me is is the uh, one of the more polarizing quarterbacks in this draft. Um, you know, can be very spectacular with, with the way that he plays. Right, uh, very athletic, a guy who. Makes him look effortless when he throws the football. Just a flick of the wrist, and the ball travels 50, 60 yards down the field. I, I think he's more developed as a runner than he is a passer, although I think he's come a long way under Hugh Freeze since he transferred from Auburn. Um, you know, When you watch him in the open field, you know, so dynamic as a runner, I think that's one of the things that is so impressive, um, just watching the way that he can uh, you know, maneuver. You know, and and the speed getting on the outside over 1,700 yards in two seasons there for the Flames. 25 touchdowns, 5.3 yards per carry. Um, But you know, the decision making is really the biggest thing because I I think you know, you see the arm strength, you see the pocket presence, his ability to escape pressure, you see the ability to uh, make plays on the move, keep those eyes down the field, find receivers down the field with it. But it's just the decision making. I think he does a little bit too much. I think you'll see some ill-advised throws. And here's the thing: he throws with anticipation, and that's really good to be able to throw your receivers open. You know, if a receiver is coming out of there before they're even out of their break, the ball's out of your hand. Problem is, is a lot of times the accuracy isn't always there. So even though he's driving that football before the receiver's out of their break, if the football's behind the receiver and that's going to get you in trouble. So I, I think there's still some refinement that's needed to his game, but because of those traits, he is going to be drafted in the first round. I think a team like the, the Denver Broncos comes to mind, uh, You know, a, a team that's desperate for a playmaker at that quarterback position. So it'll be interesting to see if Malik Willis does get to play in this game. Um, you know offensive tackle Tristan Schultz 65 uh, 305 um, you know a guy who is pretty athletic able to climb to the second level uh, in the run game I thought you know pretty easy knee bender, um, very average athletically. So a guy that may kick inside to guard, but I think he may have a shot at the next level. Um, Ralph, uh, Ralph Rusins is an interesting defensive tackle. He's 6'6", 325 pounds, uh, 141 tackles in his career, including 60 in 2019. Six tackles for loss, three sacks. The dude from Latvia is just, you know, you see the burst coming off the ball. He likes to extend his arms into the tackle. Uh, I'm sorry, into the guard. You'll see uh, some long arms at the time. He's able to turn the corner. And for a big guy, he flattens out pretty well. You see the athleticism and the power. Played soccer and squash growing up. So, you know, that that nimble feet, you know, the nimble footwork, you know, he's one of those guys. He reminds me a little bit of Margus Hunt. Uh, Margus was a lot more productive there at SMU, but, you know, I I think you're going to see more of a developmental prospect. Probably not going to get drafted, but a guy that you'll see on a practice squad somewhere, and I wouldn't be surprised if you actually see him making plays when uh, down the road. Uh, Story Jackson is another guy that's interesting. He's 6'2", 225 pounds. Uh, Juco to Prairie View a- A&M ends up transferring there to, to Liberty. And look, you 93 tackles, 6.5 ta- uh, sacks, three pass breakups, and an interception. He's tall, rangy, excellent range. Uh, able to get outside chase down the ball carrier can drop into coverage does a really good job uh, you know in the UAB game that's where he had his his, his uh, interception um, you know and Dylan Hopkins tried to hit the receiver on a crossing route um, he was playing underneath dropped into that passing lane able to pluck it showed his ability to run with the football as well just an intriguing guy. Uh, is he going to get drafted? You know, likely not, but just one of those intriguing athletes you know, someone who'll be fun to watch. Eastern Michigan, their best player is a junior. Linebacker, Tark Spates, 5'10", 237 pounds, undersized guy, 84 tackles on the year. A guy that I think can make some plays there uh, for Eastern Michigan when it's all said and done. Jimmy, Killill, Jimmy Kimmel has a bowl game. It's going to be played there at uh, at SoFi Stadium. The Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl will feature uh, Utah State, and Oregon State, uh, and it's going to be an interesting matchup. You know, I think with Utah State, what you have, um, you know, the Mountain West champions, and uh, you know Blake Anderson doing a tremendous job in his first season there at the helm. And uh, Devin Tompkins is really the the top pro prospect for them. 5'8", 155 pounds, 96 receptions, one uh, I'm sorry, 1,589 yards receiving and nine touchdowns. Um, he, he's not the biggest guy by any means, but he plays a lot bigger than his size. Uh, you know, he's a guy that is going to, you know, th- 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 Catch radius is ridiculous. The guy that's going to high point the football, he, he can leap out of the building. And then what you see as well is anywhere you put the ball, he's going to lay out. He's going to extend for the football. And he has tremendous hands. You see the, the sudden short area quickness. That's one of the things that I think is definitely impressive when you watch him play as well. Um, he's a weapon in the zone, gets behind the linebackers and in front of the, the, the defensive backs on comebacks, drives that defensive back off the ball, uh, back down the stem to the quarterback, even if a ball's thrown high. I'm going to climb the ladder, I'm going to pluck the ball out of the air, and then I'm going to look to make a play down the field as well. Um, really a lot of fun to watch uh, the, the chemistry there with Devin Tompkins and Logan Bonner the transfer from Arkansas State Still a junior, so he'll probably come back. He's 6'1", 230 pounds, an interesting body type as well uh, But a guy that I, I think is going to continue to develop there with Blake Anderson in uh, in the Mountain West uh, You know, he, he had to share the the, the load there uh, with, with the Red Wolves and that's a big reason why he followed his his head coach um, from the Red Wolves to the Aggies, um, you know, and look, you know, he, he was a 57.8% completion percentage uh, passer uh, at Arkansas State. Moves to, to Utah State, improves that a little bit over, you know, 61% passing. Um, very athletic though for a guy his size, you can get out, out outside and, and uh, you know does a good job with that vision, uh, being able to hit his receivers on the move. Um, you know, that deep ball accuracy, that's one of the things that I thought was really impressive in that Mountain West Championship against San Diego State, hitting those receivers uh, in stride, really putting that air under the football, allowing his receivers to really you know, catch the ball in stride, run under the football, won't have to wait for it. A lot of quarterbacks will throw the football late, they won't put enough air under it, and the receivers are having to wait for the football. If you hit him, if you put enough air under it, allow him to run under it, and not have to break stride, then you're going to have a lot more uh, success, uh, you know, and a lot more, some of those bigger plays, and that's really one of the things that you saw there with Logan Bonner. Um, So I I think that passing attack is one of the things that's going to be interesting. You go to the Beavers on the other side of the football, they got a couple of linebackers. They're underclassmen, so we're coming back, Uh, but Avery Roberts and Omar Spates, uh, Robert 6'1", 234, 123 tackles on the year. This is a guy who just flies around to the football. He seemed to be everywhere. Uh, and one of the things that I thought was so impressive, he was taking on Donovan West in that uh, Arizona State game, hands into the body, works off the block as he was spying the quarterback, able to then get down to Jaden Daniels and gets a sack on, on him. Just really impressive. Um, you know, I watched him against Purdue, did a really good job reading the run, slides to his right, reads his key, sits down, makes a play on the running back coming through the hole. Um, he's, he's one of those guys to watch because he can do a little bit of everything, and he's one of those guys who just has tremendous range and, and just that athleticism overall. He was leading the Pac-12, or led the Pac-12 in tackles in 2020. Definitely a guy to watch. Omar Spade, 6'1", 237, and uh, you know, not as adept in, in coverage. I think that's one of the things where he really struggles, um, but definitely a guy who can be a thumper. He's gonna come down downhill, fill gaps, can blitz, get into backfield and make some plays. Those are gonna be the two guys that I think are really gonna be looking to uh, throw Logan Bonner off his game. Um, you know. And I expect, you know, Rajon Wright, the, the junior corner, 6'2", 191, uh, to have a big day as well on the outside. Uh, eight pass breakups and an interception on the year. And look, his brother, Nation Wright, got drafted there into the NFL by the Dallas Cowboys. Another big year from from Ray John and we could potentially see him talking about him in next year's draft as well. Uh, when the Beavers get the football, there's a tight end, a couple of tight ends that you need to watch. Jake Musgrave, he's only a sophomore; he'll be there for the for the Beavers there in Corvallis for a couple more seasons. Tegan Catoriano, uh, um, you know, he may come back for one more season, but this is a guy. Uh, if you look at the stats, you're just like, okay, you know, 476 yards in his career. But he's 6'4, 249. He's a tremendous blocker. If you watch him against Oregon, climbing to the second level, getting blocks on Noah Sewell. You know how athletic he is as a, as a linebacker. But what he did was he, he was able to seal him, kept him from getting to the outside on a run-off tackle by Trey Lowe, who was able to go ahead and, and take off, you know, for a big gain. Um, you know, Catoriano does have really good hands. He's a very athletic tight end. But it's the blocking. That's the thing. You know, he, he can do uh wear multiple hats there for the beavers so really going to be key in that running game because you have bj baylor uh you know over 1200 yards on the ground six yards per carry 13 touchdowns not much of a factor in, in the running game i'm sorry in the passing game but man as a runner power runner between the tackles downhill runs through arm tackles finishes by lowering his pad level he was looking for contact whenever he could You know, in that Oregon game, man, he was running through big Brandon Dorless, a defensive end, defensive tackle, Um, you know, in the backfield, gets downhill through the hole, you know, for a 10-yard game. This is a guy who loves to get downhill, Um, very physical runner, runs angry, uh, runs with purpose, runs behind his pads. Um, you know, What he'll do when downhill runs, he sees the hole, foot in the ground, very decisive, and then that speed going downhill. You really want to make sure that his shoulders don't get squared to the line of scrimmage because once he does, he's going to go ahead and, and hitch. He's only 5'11", 205, but, man, he runs, runs hard and, and runs with purpose and runs a lot bigger than his size. Uh, New Orleans Bowl. Going back to the Superdome, and obviously you're playing in the state of Louisiana. Why not have the Louisiana Raging Cajuns there? They're taking on Marshall. I think Louisiana ends up winning comfortably, even without Billy Napier. Um, you know, you've got an offensive tackle there, and Max Mitchell. He's 6'5", 301. Uh, You know, could come back for one more season. But I'll tell you what. You know, I think this is a guy that could end up being a day two pick. Uh, very good movement off off the line. Uh, you know, excellent footwork. Um, he's the right tackle. And that's one of the things when I look at him, I'm like, he, he's a guy that you know, we're looking for right tackles in the league. And I think he can definitely transition there because he is such an easy mover. Um, does a really good job you know, firing off the ball in the running game. It you know, needs to watch you know, with that lunging. you, you got to kind of watch him because what he'll do is he'll get off balance at times. Um, you saw that especially in that Texas game going against some of the more athletic guys there out on the edge. Uh, but Know, what you like is, is you see the, a kick slide. Um, so uh, you know, he's so easy. Very quick feet. Um, was able to really keep a lot of the, you know, those guys in front of him. And one of the things that I thought was impressive was climbing to the second level, getting blocks on, on linebackers, allowing his, his running backs to make plays. Uh, very active hands. That's one of the things that I definitely saw as well on the game tape. And uh, I think Max Mitchell, like I said, I think he'll end up being a day two guy. Um also on that offensive line, Osiris Torrance. He's only a redshirt sophomore, 6'5", 332 pounds. But you want to talk about another dude. You know, you remember Robert Hunt coming out of Louisiana. Well, Osiris Torrance is going to be another one of those you know guys that's going to just beat some guys up on the inside. Uh, you know, I think that's one of the things that's impressive about him. Uh, has some decent feet for a guy his size, but, man, you're going to see a lot of power uh, coming out of him. Uh, defensively is really where Louisiana has a lot of guys that uh, we're going to be talking about. Uh, you know, Chauncey Manick, uh, 6'2", 247 pounds, not really much of a factor. As a pass rusher in his first three seasons with the Raging Cages, had just 109 tackles, 19.5 tackles for loss, not too bad, you know. but just seven sacks. What does he do for, for that final encore performance as a senior? 55 tackles, 14.5 tackles for loss, 10.5 sacks. So, this is a guy who I think is able to get off blocks. You know, you'll see him stacking and shed and he shoots into, into the backfield. Doesn't always, you know, he bends coming off the edge as well, but, you know, he's an outside linebacker. So, you're going to see him coming off the edge. They like to run that, that 34 defense. And uh, he's one of those guys that I think, you know, is uh, just continues to improve. And that's one of the things to where you wonder if, you know, you're just scratching the surface with him. Farag Gardner. He's six foot two fifteen. That linebacker is—he's undersized, but very athletic. A guy that likes to blitz and get into the backfield. Um, you know, comes off the edge, can bend really well, can drop into coverage a little bit as well. Very versatile. But I think really what everyone's going to be looking at is, is Percy Butler, the safety. Strong safety there. Six foot, one hundred ninety-four pounds. it's only a junior, but you know a guy that can be a shut down type, uh, type of defender. A, a guy that really patrols the back end really well. 13 pass breakups, three interceptions uh, in, in his career. One other guy to make mention of is Talon Humphrey. Big dude, 6'4", 349, um, just a mammoth of a man. Holds the point of attack when he plays with leverage. Really what happens is, is if that pad level gets too high, he gets driven back. If you see that pad level stay low, he will eat up, you know, as many blockers that'll throw that you'll throw at him. Saw frequent double teams throughout the season and you watch them in the Texas game, you know, one of the things that I thought was so impressive was he could anchor that the middle of that defense and allow these linebackers to make plays behind him. When that pad level got up too high, you know those those, those big 10, big 12 uh, defensive linemen were able to blow him off the ball. But if he he really anchored and kept that pad level low, Man, there was no moving this big guy. So I think there's a chance when you you can't teach size and he has a lot of it. So he's one of those guys to where he could be an um, an intriguing prospect Uh, Not going to get drafted by any means, but a guy who can end up being, uh, you know, potentially find his way onto a practice squad. Marshall, I think their best pro prospect right now for this year's draft is Stephen Gilmore. 6'2", 169 pounds, 6 interceptions, 23 pass breakups in his career. Very slight uh, a corner, you know, a guy that I think can get pushed around a little bit, um, you know, has excellent ball skills. And that's one of the things that you definitely see. Um, he gets lost at times. You know, he, he tries to uh, make plays, you know, underneath and ends up you know being susceptible to double moves. He'll come off of his man and and think that he's, he's making a play on the football quarterback fools him and uh, ends up throwing him over the top. Um, so I, I think that's one of the things that he needs to really do is, is make sure that he's, um, uh, He's not fooling it, you know. He's not being fooled. That he's trusting his eyes, Um, you know. You see that recovery speed a lot of times, and and the ball skills. Those are really the biggest things that you see there for Stephen Gilmore, number three for the Thundering Herd. Um, Myrtle Beach Bowl. You got Old Dominion taking on Tulsa, uh, Brook Stadium, Conway, South Carolina, and uh, Old Dominion. Look, you know, they've got some young players, you know, and this is a team that sat out the, the 2020 football season due to COVID, uh, but they've got a 1,000-yard rusher in Blake Watson, the 5'9", 193-pound sophomore. Uh, they also have a receiver who was just five, 8 yards shy of 1,000 yards in Ollie Jenkins, 6'2", 200 pounds. And then the linebacker, Jordan Young. Uh, he's 6'3", 230 pounds, 83 tackles on the year, 328 total in his career. Um, he's the one guy, the senior in this group, Um, and a guy who, you know, is he he just flies around to the football. You know, 17 tackles for loss, as I said, eight pass breakups, two interceptions, a guy that can drop into coverage a little bit. Um, He'll be a guy to keep an eye out for. Uh, And then Tulsa, you know, I I think Jackson Player is a guy, you know, I talked about him a season ago, possibly being one of those five techniques, a guy that can end up lining up uh, in that 34 defense, also can put his hand in the dirt, be a three technique. Um, Let's see. In 2020, that was really his big year. You know, that was when Tulsa was firing on all cylinders with Zavin Collins, eight and a half tackles for loss, three sacks. Uh, you know, a guy that I think can get after the quarterback. Uh, you know, with that interior presence, very explosive coming off of football. I think that's one of the things that you'll see. You'll see that speed to power. 29 and a half tackles for loss, seven sacks in his career. Keep an eye out for for Jackson player. He's a guy that I think has an outside chance. Uh, I'm making a practice squad somewhere. Uh, he just needs to get to the right situation um, on the 21st of december you got that idaho potato bowl uh you know kent state taking on wyoming alberton stadium there in boise idaho wyoming is used to playing on blue turf so i think they kind of have the edge there uh, you're going to see Xavier's uh, Valade uh, over 3100 yards and, and 18 touchdowns for the cowboys 51 receptions as well um, you know a, a guy who uh, missed out on a thousand yards this past season by 16 yards but you know, look, just a couple of years removed from a 1,200-yard season. I think he's a threat as a receiver. Um, one of those things to where he can be very physical coming downhill. You see some of that lateral agility as well, Six foot, 198 pounds. Um, so I, I think he'll be the force there for, for Wyoming um, on the offensive side. Look, defensively, you've got Chad Muma. Number 48 if you're scoring at home, 6'2", 236 pounds, look, 129 tackles, seven and a half tackles for loss, three interceptions, two of those were return to touchdown. That's why he was a Buckus Award finalist. And when I look at, at Chad Muma, I, I think a lot of, of, of Logan Wilson, You know, another Wyoming cowboy, a guy that was drafted in the third round, starting for the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, obviously this guy, you know, the body of work that you see with Logan Wilson, I mean, over 400 tackles, 39 and a half tackles for loss, seven sacks, ten interceptions, a couple return for touchdown. Um, you know but when i look at at chad you know I, I think that's one of the things in in 2021 he really got a chance to showcase what he can do and you know that 129 tackles he was all over the place you know he, he was able to drop into coverage that's really one of the things that i thought was so impressive with Logan Wilson was he was able to uh, not only fly around make play sideline to sideline show off that athleticism um, but be able to drop into coverage you know can you Can you play the run? Can you drop in coverage? Can you blitz and and get after the quarterback? Uh, Logan Wilson was able to show that he can do all of those things. I think Chad Moon was another guy that's going to be able to do that. Um, I think that third, fourth round range really feels about right for him. Um, he's gonna be dropping into coverage quite a bit and uh, against Kent State because uh, look the golden flash would like to throw the football with Dustin Crumb, the quarterback 6'3 207 pounds um, over 7,000 yards in his career 51 touchdowns 12 interceptions um, you know and and a a guy who can also you know get it done on the ground over 2,000 yards as a rusher 21 touchdowns 4.3 yards per carry Uh, In uh, 2021, look, you know, over 64% completion percentage. That's, you know, kind of low for him. you know, but uh, over 2,900 yards, 16 touchdowns, and, and six interceptions. You know, in 2019, that's really when Dustin Chrome made a name for himself. 3,800 yards passing, 32 touchdowns, and four interceptions. Um, you know, and this is a thing for him. You know, I think the arm strength at times, you know, leaves a little bit to be desired. Um, but he's just he's in a, he's athletic, and that's the thing that, that you see with him is, is he's able to make plays in the pocket, get outside, make plays on the run. And he keeps that, those eyes down the field. Uh, you see some of those those throws that are underthrown, and he'll throw himself into uh, into that danger zone at times. Um, you know, he'll throw the ball get a little bit too far to the inside. If a corner has outside leverage, maybe he's throwing too far to the back, you know, that back shoulder, and he'll get himself into trouble. So I think that ball placement and uh, that arm strength, you know, really being able to take advantage of you know what his his wheelhouse is, and being able to make a lot of those plays. Between the numbers, um, between the hashes, you know, a lot of times, if he gets on the move, just not trying to do too much. Make sure that you're hitting the open man. And uh, you know, Dustin Crum, look, you know, he, for as athletic as he is, I think there just isn't enough firepower there for Kent State with Wyoming. I think Wyoming ends up coming away with the victory. Now, the Frisco Bowl is one of the more exciting bowls, I think, when you look at the matchup. UTSA the Roadrunners, uh, you know, the Conference USA champs, you know, one loss away from a perfect season. Uh, North, North Texas wound up getting them, but uh, they're taking on San Diego State in uh, Toyota Stadium there in Frisco, Texas. And I'll tell you what, you got Sincere McCormick, the 5'9", 205 pound uh, junior, um, you know, finished 17 yards shy of 1,000 yards as a freshman, wound up with back-to-back 1,400 yard seasons. Um, You know, just dynamic uh, 20-yard receptions in each season as well. Um, You see the vision. You see the jump cuts. That's one of the things that's really impressive. The quick acceleration, um, getting to the edge. Um, You see his hands coming out of the backfield as well. That's why he's the Conference USA Player of the Year. Um, You know, pinball, bouncing off of defenders between the tackles, contact balance, low center of gravity. He's really... Probably the best running back that I don't think anybody's really ever heard of, um, but uh, you know he'll he'll get his chance. You know he'll be challenged by San Diego State in that defense. We'll talk about them here in a minute. Uh, the quarterback Frank Harris is an interesting guy. He's six foot two hundred pounds, leading uh, second leading rusher on the team behind Sincere McCormick with five hundred sixty five yards on the ground, um, twenty five touchdowns, just five interceptions, uh, twenty nine hundred yards uh, through the air. He's just an interesting guy you know I, I didn't really think of him as a potential pro prospect until this season really seeing what he could do look you know 349 passing yards and six touchdowns against uh, Western Kentucky earlier in the season you know before uh, taking them on there again in, in Conference USA you know uh, the championship game. But he struggles with some arm strength and some accuracy on the move. That's really, you know, his bread and butter is is when he's able to to stand in that pocket and deliver strikes down the field. Um, The athleticism, though, is I think what's really intriguing. And and I think when you look at, you know, some of the packages that are being run for some of these guys, I I think there could potentially be a a niche there for Frank. Um, You know, he's not going to be drafted. But could he find his way onto a practice squad and kind of work his way into a program? That's going to be one of the things that I'll be looking for. Uh, defensively, there's a junior there, a junior safety, Rashad Wisdom to keep an eye on, number zero, 5'9", 205. Um, you know, a very athletic guy, five interceptions, nine pass breakups in his career, uh, 225 tackles as well. He was a leading tackler this past season with 86. Um, you know, a, a guy who... Um, is very reliable in the open field. Um, you see tight coverage, even when he gives up the um, you know a reception uh, when he lines up in the slot. He's he's right there on his man. Um, you know he does have to sit out the first half of the game. Call for targeting in the third quarter there against the Hilltoppers, but got to keep an eye out for. Um, and then what, what's intriguing is is the six four two hundred and five pound uh, Tarek Woolen. He's a converted wide receiver after his first three seasons there at UTSA. Um, Long, athletic, really good ball skills. And he's one of those guys to where, you know could he potentially be a developmental prospect down the road? He's not gonna get drafted, but just one of those guys to kind of keep an eye out for. And then one final guy, if you're looking for a pass rusher, it's gonna be Clarence Hicks. He's 6'1", 223 pounds, edge rusher, um, does a really good job using his hands um, quick inside moves, uh, you know, has 10 sacks on the year. Um, you know, he's one of those guys that's really intriguing. As is the defensive tackle. You know, he's really a defensive end in kind of a 34 scheme, um, but uh, plays defensive tackle as well. 6'1", 292 pounds. Jalen Haynes, big dude wears number one. Uh, 24 tackles for loss, eight sacks. A guy, look, he can be an interior presence as a pass rusher. Um, One of those guys, you know, he just disappears at times during games. You know, I thought that he really uh, had a better, you know, better 2019, 2020 seasons. Um, Really wanted to see a little bit more out of him in 2021 if he was going to have a chance to get drafted. Uh, But San Diego State, come on. Let's talk about Cameron Thomas. Number 99, 6'5", 270 pounds. You know, if you miss out on, on the Aiden Hutchins sweepstakes, you can get Cameron Thomas and be just ha- just as happy. Um, you know, this is a dude, you know, keep Racks up. Hurries. He's in the backfield. Look, even if he's not getting to the quarterback and sacking him, he's still in the backfield. He's still making pressures. He's still forcing the quarterback off of their mark, getting him outside the pocket. Cameron Thomas, to me, is, is a guy who should be a surefire first-rounder um, and a guy who, uh, beyond – Kayvon Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson. You know, you've got DeMarvin Leal, who's, you know, probably a defensive tackle. Um, but when you're talking about it, there are very few guys at that defensive end position that I would take over Cameron Thomas. You know, and, and I, I think I've got him at number three. Um, when you look at him in 2020, uh, 20 and a half tackles for loss, 10 and a half sacks, 68 tackles, made him the second leading tackler on the team very active dude uh, commands double teams you see him in that four point stance man he's ready to go but he can also be a stand-up edge rusher on some of those third downs as well uh, the hand uh, usage is, is just ridiculous you see the slap and rip he'll use a two-hand swipe uh, you know he, he likes to use the arm over as well and come to the inside and, and rush you there mountain west championship uh, was taken on the right guard and the right tackle was able to work through that double team gets to the outside with a quick arm over, beats that right tackle, gets to the outside, closes in on Logan Bonner, hits him as he throws, um, that arm over late. You see him beat double teams, getting the quarterback as the ball's released, um, just downhill in a hurry. And, and you know, that, that's the thing that's so freakish about this guy is just how quick he is coming off the football. Um, uses those hands well to disengage. You watch him flatten out, has that burst to close. You know, and, and that's the thing. When he has a quarterback in his sights, he's gonna he's gonna reel him in. He's gonna drop him. Um, what you love to see is, is the ability, you know, especially when that quarterback escapes the pocket. He's able to get off those blocks, get that outside arm uh, free, be able to stack, shed, and chase down the ball carrier and, and drop him. Uh, but he's one of those guys. Um, you know, in terms of those those hits, you know, even if he's not getting to you and sacking the quarterback, he's still putting a hit on the quarterback. Really thinking, I, I got to look for number ninety nine at all times. He's going to be a guy that's going to be uh, getting after, uh, you know, Frank Harris, giving him a lot of hard times. And I think you know, Sincere McCormick as well. He's going to have to watch out for ninety nine because he makes a lot of plays against the run as well. Um, you know, I, I think. You know, what you're looking at, you know, with him, then you have Jonah Tavai, number 66. He's six foot 285, very undersized, but a guy that is explosive on the interior. 13 sacks in his career. I mean, when you're talking about interior pass rushers, you know, some of these undersized guys who are able to explode off the football, you've got to be able to think about, you know, potentially bringing those guys in and see if, you know, see what they can do. He may not get drafted, but he's definitely going to be a guy that's going to be on a roster for that first you know preseason game and he's a guy that I think because of that quickness off the ball you can't rule him out. Daniel Bellinger the tight end he's 6'6 255 actually pretty athletic you know a guy that you know you didn't really think about him in the passing game and really with San Diego State running the football so much you know, you don't really think about them as a um, you know, with, with receivers that uh, you'd be talking about uh, you know as draft prospects but uh, Bellinger, 29 uh, receptions, 344 yards and two touchdowns. But here's the thing, he's one of those guys that the blocking on the edge, you know, I saw him, you know, take a safety, drove him down the field sustained the block for a good five yards. Uh, you know, he's one of those guys that uh, just loves to, you know, he, you can tell he loves to block. You, you love, He loves to, you know, he gets a kick out of it, being able to take this guy be physical, drive his man down the field, loves to plan him and and, and, uh, and get those pancake blocks. And he's interesting though with, with the ball in his hand. You know, he's one of those long striders and uh, can eat up some yards in a hurry. Not the most explosive guy, but uh, definitely a guy who's fun to watch. If nothing else, is a blocker. I think he be a day three guy. And then Matt Ariza, he's only a junior. Could he enter the draft? Sure. I mean, especially after the performance that he has. You know, he leads the team with the most special teams tackles. He's 6'2", 200 pounds, by the way. Um, but when you look at him, you know the kicking, you know, he, he shared both of the duties. You know, And that's the thing that's really crazy is, is that he shared the duties, but he still ended up you know, with uh, 51.5 uh, yard per punt average. I, I mentioned the long of 86, 39 punts inside 20. See, so that's a cannon for a leg. And that's really, at the end of the day, he's going to get drafted. He might get drafted a little bit higher. He may end up being a fifth-round pick. You know. And, and look, as a punter, he may decide that he wants to go ahead and enter the draft, and I wouldn't blame him um, because the, the show that he put on, I think he's one of those guys that you have to expect to, to make some plays um, you know, when he gets to the NFL. Armed Forces Bowl, Missouri taking on uh, Army uh, there at uh, Amon G. Carter Stadium where TCU plays there in Fort Worth, Texas. And Missouri, look, you got, you know, Tyler Beatty, number one. You know, he's 5'8", 194 pounds, little guy. But, man, you know, he really bided his time there at, at Missouri, a, a guy that kind of sat behind Larry Roundtree, uh, got his shot here in 2021 and never looked back. Over 1,600 yards on the ground, fourth in uh, fourth in the FBS in rushing and uh, led the SEC and, you uh, you know, 14 touchdowns as well. This is a smart dude too, you know, 3.83 GPA, a grad student studying uh, athletic administration and positive coaching. Um, but what you love about him is the vision to find the hole between the tackles. You see, you know, his ability, once he puts that foot in the ground, he's gonna get, uh, you know, just explode through the, through the hole. That, that contact balance, a guy that runs with such a low center of gravity, he's hard to bring down runs through those arm tackles, uh, especially if a defensive back or a linebacker is trying to tackle him too high, he's going to run right through that. And, uh, you know, that speed, you know, just dynamic, just give him a lane and he's going to be able to take off and and be able to showcase, you know, what he can do. This is a guy too, uh, Mizzou's leading rusher and receiver, a guy that can also catch the football out of the backfield, 126 catches in his career. Um, Tyler Beatty is probably the best running back that nobody's talking about. Um, and a guy that I think, you know, I'd love to see him in this draft, um, you know, could he be a, a day two pick? You know, I, I don't think it's out of the, the realm of possibility that he gets into the third round. He'll probably be a fourth rounder, possibly even a fifth rounder, just because of his size, um, but he's explosive, man. He's a guy that I think can end up, um, you know, making some, making some waves at the next level. And then, you know, for Army, I'll tell you what, Conor is going to have to watch out for number 34, uh, the, the junior, Andre Carter II, 6'7", 250 pounds, 13 and a half tackles, uh, I'm sorry, 13 and a half sacks, 15 tackles for loss. This is a guy who's a, just a pass rusher extraordinaire, stand-up edge rusher, and he uses those long levers to, uh, you know, that, that length to, you know, he'll jab that at left tackle and extend that outside arm into the shoulder pad drive him back, and then cross the face, get to the inside. And that's one of the things that you'll see. He'll extend his arm and be able to to drop quarterbacks and drop running backs for, for loss. Just, I mean, he's not even anywhere close to him, but he has such a long wingspan and then some of that ankle flexion. So when you're talking about a guy with that long wingspan and then he's able to bend as he's coming around off the edge, I mean, you're talking about some serious length. And that's one of the things that I think makes it so interesting uh, with Andre Carter. He's a guy that I think has a great chance to be drafted in the 2023 draft, um, and so I, I think he's just a guy that you got to keep keep an eye out for. He has uh, you know the instincts to find the football, so he's not always not just getting to the quarterback and dropping him. He's looking to make a play on the football, Um, had an interception, had a strip sack versus Air Force, Uh, just a guy who um, is always looking to make a play. And so I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think at the end of the day, Army is just going to be a little bit too much for Missouri. Missouri's uh, rush defense really struggles. So even though Tyler Beatty, I think, is going to have a huge game, I think at the end of the day, Army runs away with it just because they'll, they'll be able to hold on to the football for a long time. Um 1223, December 23rd, uh, the Frisco Football Classic, going back to, to- uh, Toyota Stadium there in Frisco, you got North Texas and Miami of Ohio. These are two teams I haven't gotten to see a whole lot of. Um, I'm excited to see DeAndre Torre, the 5'7", 195-pounder, uh, for North Texas, over 1,200 yards uh, and 13 touchdowns. I did get to see some highlights. And, you know, this is a guy, I watched him against UTSA, um, He was met by Jalen Haynes, who we talked about in the backfield for a tackle for loss, right? But he was able to plant, cut back to the right, because he was there basically on the left, left left-hand side, cuts back to the right, then uh, to avoid him, cuts back to the inside to avoid another defender, sheds a tackle, gets downhill for his third uh, third touchdown of the day. I think it was like a 25-yard touchdown. That dynamic rushing ability. He's only 5'7", smaller guy. They didn't Throw the football to him much out of the backfield, but the smaller running backs—they always end up finding their way onto a roster, especially if they can catch the football out of the backfield. He's very intriguing to me, um, so I'll be you know interested to see what he can do. And then with with Miami of Ohio, look, you know Jack Sorensen. I think everybody knows what this guy can do. He's a very sure-handed receiver, able to go up and attack the football while it's in the air. But look, you know he really came into his own in 2021. 69 catches, over 1,200 yards. 18.7 yards per reception, 10 touchdowns. He's a guy that I think can end up being um, a, a sudden receiver, um, you know, possession guy. Line him up in the slot. Um, you know, let him do a little bit of what Hunter Renfro does. Uh, Jack Sorensen's uh, another guy that's going to be really intriguing. And then uh, you know they've got. Ivan Pace, he's only a sophomore, but 6'239, 39, 114 tackles, our leading tackler. And then they've got a safety, Sterling Weatherford, to keep an eye on. He's 6'4", 221 pounds, tremendous size. You worry about the stiffness to him. But uh, this is a guy just a couple years removed from 98 tackles. And then he has 14 interceptions and 19 pass breakups in his career. It reminds me a little bit of Miles killbrew And I think Miles killbrew also had some of that stiffness in his hips. Um, you know in terms of the, the coverage ability but you know I look at Sterling Weatherford you know about a lot of straight line speed being able to make plays down the field. I, I look at him and, and I think there's a chance that like you know Miles he can make a name for himself on special teams could find his way onto a roster. Uh, Gasparilla Bowl you've got UCF against Florida Raymond James Stadium and I'll tell you what this one's a, a, a difficult one to call um you know you've got ucf um, dylan gabriel entered the transfer portal um, so you've got uh, jalen robinson you know the, the receiver looks like he's going to be back and he's only a junior so i think he'll come back to ucf he battled some injuries and that's really what kind of uh um, slowed things up for him you know in 2020 just under a thousand yards receiving and six touchdowns there through eight games, was off to a great start. 18 catches, 322 yards, two touchdowns. He's 5'9", 184 pounds. Transfer from OU. Reminds me a lot of Marquise Hollywood Brown with the way that he plays. Just that. His nickname is Flash. You see the speed. is a, a vertical ability. You see the you know the, the stutter and shake uh, to get the cornerback to the outside and plants and runs by him on, on these slants. Um, vertical threat. Very sudden receiver. He's a lot of fun to watch. Um, and then for Florida. Who's going to be playing in this game? You know, it looks like Emery Jones is uh, entering the transfer portal. Anthony Richardson is uh, is her. So who's going to play quarterback? Is Kyair Allen – I'm sorry, Kyir Elam going to going to play the quarterback, a guy who's absolutely going to be a first-round pick? You know, five interceptions, 20 pass breakups in his career, um, you know, battled like i said some of those injuries but he's a dominant boundary corner that's really one of the things that you definitely see with him and loves to use that length to his advantage the ball skills are are, uh, are evident another very sticky sticky corner and uh just really a lot of fun to watch um but i'll tell you i'll give you two other guys to watch out for and that first one's gonna be zachary carter um the defensive end number six, six three, two hundred eighty-five 285 pounds pass rusher extraordinaire you know coming off of the edge there uh for them you know i think he can end up being a defensive tackle uh, but look you're have seven and a half sacks this season 17 in his career eight pass breakups in, in his career as well has tremendous length uh, you know but one of the things that you love to see is uh, you know against kentucky you know it took on uh, Darry, uh rosenthal you know who's a a pretty solid uh left tackle Gets his hands into his chest, continued to drive him back into the quarterback, who held on to the football too long, able to get off that block and drop him. Um, you know, a, a guy who I think bends pretty well, getting off the, uh, off the edge, under the left tackle. Um, you know, He's, gosh, against Alabama, ran through the, the right guard's block, was pulling, coming around to the left, got a tackle for loss, shooting into the backfield and making the play on the running back. Um, I, I think he's an effort guy. He's one of those guys that's going to continue to work to the quarterback, going to continue to work to the running back. And uh, he's a he's guy that I think is a lot of fun to watch on the interior uh, as much as he is on the outside. Um, and then the, the other guy that you're going to have to watch out for is Brenton Cox. He's 6'4", 253 pounds. Um, last two years at Florida, 20.5 tackles for loss, 10.5 sacks. Uh, to me, he's not the most uh, imposing. You know, I think he's been underwhelming. I think everyone, when he transferred from Georgia to Florida, was expecting him to really have a breakout year. I think we're still waiting for that. Uh, although he did have seven sacks in 2021, um, but you know, he, he is pretty explosive. He has really good size, but he's one of those things to where he does, you know, he, he struggles to get off blocks. And that's really the biggest thing. If you're gonna be a pass rusher at the next level, you have to be able to get off blocks, you have to be able to win there at the line of scrimmage, but he just doesn't always, you know, isn't always able to do that. Um, Hawaii Bowl, Christmas Eve, Memphis, Hawaii. You know, that's gonna be an interesting game. Uh, you know, Hawaii has a lot of younger guys on, on the roster that are going to be playing, you know, playmakers. Uh, Darius uh, Mwasso, uh 108 tackles, second straight season, you know, linebacker who's, who makes a lot of plays. Il Manning is a, a left tackle that's interesting, 6'4", 280 pounds, very light on his feet. Misses with his hands at times in pass, pro, uh, pass protection, but does have uh, the quickness to be able to recover um you know knee bender he's just he's undersized a guy that could kick inside to guard um you know but he's one of those guys that uh i think we need some more seasoning before i think he'd be ready at the next level uh cortez davis is an interesting corner Uh, For them, 5'11", 180 pounds, 18 pass breakups this past season. So you see the ball skills. He'll be one of those guys that uh, is always looking to make a play. And look, Memphis loves to throw the football all over the field. So he'll have every opportunity to make some plays and really ball out. Uh, Memphis, you have Calvin Austin, the 5'9 receiver, uh, 74 catches, over 1,100 yards. He's going to be the big play guy down the field. Second leading receiver, though, is tight end Sean Dykes. He's 6'2", 224 pounds. I see him potentially being an H-back at the next level, um, was out for the, the year in 2019 with a knee injury, most catches for a Memphis tight end in his career. Um, two other guys to just make mention of, JJ Russell, the linebacker, 6'2", uh, I'm sorry, six foot, 211 pounds, 123 tackles, very active, undersized linebacker, but a guy that, look, new age linebackers, he's one of those guys that I think can play in space a little bit. And then when you're talking about that safety position, one of the guys that's really interesting uh, for them is, is Quindell Johnson. the a free safety, 6'1", 195 pounds, shirt junior, could come back, 104 tackles on the year, 11 pass breakups, tremendous ball skills, and a guy that, look, he, he likes to play in the box, and play over the top, very versatile guy, and um, you know one of those guys that I think is, is going to be making plays all over the field there for Memphis. Uh, Christmas Day, we have a bowl game on Christmas Day. Um, you know, I remember I used to watch bowl game after bowl game on Christmas. You know, There was a time when we didn't have any bowl games, but now we have one on Christmas Day again, and that's going to be the Camellia Bowl. Georgia State, Ball State, uh, showing up at, at Crampton Bowl there in uh, Montgomery, Alabama. Georgia State, you know, they've got a, a sophomore DB, Antavious Lane. He's only 5'9", but a guy with four interceptions, six pass breakups. The guy to watch out for, though, is Roger Carter. He's 6'2", 250 pounds, really a tight end H-back type of guy. Uh, Fifth-year senior, uh, 96 catches over 1,200 yards in his career was the second-leading receiver there at Georgia State. And then for Ball State, they have got a couple of guys that are interesting. Defensively, they've got Jalen Thomas, a 6'1", 235, 106 tackles this past season. In his career in five seasons, just five tackles short of 400, 26 and a half tackles for loss four and a half sacks, five interceptions, nine pass breakups. He's an intriguing guy. He's one of those guys that, you know, from the Mac who, who can play the game. You know, I just want to see him get a shot to play at the next level, even if it is uh, on, on special teams initially, you know, maybe even on the practice squad to start out. Uh, but he's just one of those intriguing guys, a guy that every time I watch Ball State play, um, you know, my eyes end up gravitating towards Jalen Thomas. Bryce Cosby, another guy, that's safety, 5'10", 181 pounds, 100 tackles this season, career 10 interceptions, 15 pass breakups, 383 tackles in his career. This dude is a playmaker in the safety, you know, as a safety on the back end. He's an undersized guy, but uh, he's another intriguing prospect there for Ball State. And then finally the receiver, Justin Hall, 5'9", 181 pounds, over 3,300 yards receiving and 18 touchdowns in his career, also a dynamic kick returner, very sudden. He's a smaller guy, but someone who I think can be a weapon in the slot for uh, a team at the next level. Battled some injuries in 2020, so it's one of those things to where you have to make sure that the injuries check out okay. Uh, 20, let's see, the 27th. Quick Lane Bowl, that's in Ford Field. We're gonna get to see Nevada take on Western Michigan, and here's the thing with this bowl game. No uh, no Jay Norvell. He's moving on to to Colorado State. Carson Strong, the quarterback, has said that he's moving on. Um, So he's getting ready for the NFL draft. 70% completion percentage, 63 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions in the last two seasons. Uh, Dude's just an absolute beast. Um, A a guy who I think has a chance to be a a first-rounder. But we won't get to see him play. We won't get to see... Cole Turner, the 6'6", 236-pound uh, tight end, the converted receiver, uh, You know, 111 catches, over 1,200 yards, 19 touchdowns in his career. Uh, the length, you love the length. You see the, the hands, his ability to catch the football. Um, struggles at times as a blocker, uh, but a very willing blocker. And He's one of those things to where there are times where he was able to seal the linebacker and allow uh, the running back, Toa Tala, to, to get to the edge. Uh, you know, so the question is going to be, is Romeo Dubs uh, number seven? Uh, the 6'1", 201 pound receiver. Is he going to be a guy that we're going to be seeing out there? Uh, an easy mover, uh, back-to-back thousand yard seasons, uh, plucks the ball out of the air. You know, you see the concentration, his ability to, uh, to get vertical. Um, a guy that you just you want to be able to get your hands on early. But if you allow him to get a free release, He's gonna be able to, to get down the field and, and he tracks the ball so well. And Carson Strong throws such a, a pretty deep ball that you know if you're not slowing up some of that timing, they're just gonna burn you deep left and right. But you know, with no Carson Strong, I don't know the Robio dubs that we're gonna be seeing him. So then the other question is is are we gonna see the running back Toa Tawa? 5'9, 210 pounds, an intriguing guy. You know, you see a lot of these running backs. You know, that, that gets shuffled through due to injury. Toa Tau is going to be a guy that I can see running the football a little bit at the next level next season. Or, you know, he may not even get drafted, but I think he'll end up finding his way onto the field. I mean, this is a guy, look, you know, over 3,000 yards on the ground, 21 touchdowns, also 120 receptions, lower body strength, run through arm tackles, drag guys for extra yards. You see him with, with his, his hands... Uh, Coming out of the backfield, what I, I, I love is time and time again, his ability to make plays in space. You'll see some of that stop and start, you know, allowing the defenders to fly by and then get back up the field as well. Um, you know, decent route runner for, for running back as well. You love that versatility, has a little bit of a wiggle that you see, You know, some of those stutters on the perimeter to make a man miss, spin moves to, to, to avoid other defenders. Um, but also have ferocity and the ability to run between between the tackles, low pad level, runs through contact, delivers a blow to, to finish those runs. tower you know, he's, he's another rated running back in my opinion. Western Michigan, they've got a redshirt sophomore quarterback in Caleb Ellaby. He's going to come back and play for the Broncos in, in 2022, coming back to Kalamazoo, but 6'1", 210 pounds, and uh, he's really an, an interesting guy. Yeah, and in 2021, uh, over 63% completion percentage, uh, over 3,100 yards through the air, 21 touchdowns, just five interceptions. Um, not much of a runner, but this is a guy who just seemed to be so efficient. And, and, you know, I think that's really one of the one of the things that was so impressive with him was just the efficiency with which he plays. Um, really want to see what he can do against that Nevada defense. I think Western Michigan, without – all of these weapons on offense. I think Western Michigan, you know, being led by Caleb Ellaby, will get the win, and that'll be a nice win to springboard them into the 2022 season. Um, defensively, they got two guys that are also intriguing. You have Ollie Fayed. He's a little undersized um, you know, at 6'1", 243 pounds. But this is a dude, he has a nose for the football. This is a guy just—he's he, a pass rusher. 51 tackles for loss, 27 sacks. Uh, third year in a row this year with, with double-digit tackles for loss. sacks this past season. A dude that just, he he has a motor that won't quit. Um, You see him knife off the edge, chase down running backs from behind as well, so he's not just the one trick pony, he can play the run as well. And then defensive tackle Ralph Hawley. Look, he's 6'1, 285, another undersized guy. Where's number 8, so a single digit there on the defensive tackle position. But look, 43.5 tackles for loss in his career, so a guy that, you know, that, 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 Early penetration, shooting shooting gaps, being very explosive off the ball, but then 18 sacks. That's one of the things that I think this really you know just stands out to me. And, and when I watch him play, you know, he has some of that lateral agility as well, but you love his ability to just get into the backfield and, and be disruptive. So that's why both Ali Fayed and Ralph Hawley, you know, I think they're gonna get a long look there at the next level. You know, they're just intriguing guys. Uh, military Bowl, uh, Boston College, East uh, East Carolina, there in Annapolis, and uh, Phil Dracovic, What 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 quarterback are we going to see after you know battling the injury, getting back, um, you know, really struggled against Florida State and Wake Forest. Um, it, it's you know, after having you know. A solid year in 2020, 61% completion percentage, 17 touchdowns, five interceptions. But uh, so far this year, just completing 54% of his passes, seven touchdowns and four interceptions. He's going to really have to get things going. Um, you know, Zay Flowers, the receiver, you know, he's, a, he's a dynamic receiver. And that's one of the things that you really want to be able to see is, is that explosiveness, um, his ability to make plays in space. Uh, a guy who has a shot to be a, a day-two receiver um, – you know, he'll be one of those fringe third-round, fourth-round type of guys. But, look, you know, he's 5'11", 177 pounds. He's only a junior, so he could come back. Maybe he does. Maybe he decides he wants to have another year with Phil Vukovic and, uh, you know, really take BC um, to another level there in the ACC. Zion Johnson, you know, having another tremendous year there. 6'3", 316 pounds, the guard. I mean, he plays tackle... There for, for the Eagles, but he's going to be a guard at the next level. Um, you know, that, that's not uh, mix anything there. This is a guy who I, I think what you see is the leg drive that is so impressive. You see him playing with leverage. He stays low and, and just drives drives his man off the football, um, off the line there. And you know his ability to recover um, when he's beaten. You know, you see that 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 agility to be able to do that. But you see that hand, the hands, the hand placement hands and the feet, you're know, working in unison, his ability to, to shoot underneath the pad level and, and really gain leverage. And uh, you know what he really does a good job of when he plays with leverage, sustaining those blocks, he's able to take advantage of guys that are a little bit too high, and he'll plant him, he'll drive him into the dirt, so he has a little bit of a mean streak as well. He's a lot of fun to watch. Then the center, Alec Lindstrom, Chris Lindstrom's brother, 6'3", 298 pounds, He's a guy that I think has a chance to be drafted on day three, sixth, seventh-round guy, uh, when he maintains that, that pad level, stays low, able to drive the man off, off the football, um, You know, over 30 starts in his career, uh, veteran guy. Uh, one of the things that you love is when you see, you see him getting those hands locked in, those defensive tackles just can't come off those blocks, um, able to climb to the second level, seal off those linebackers, um, and that running back, Pat Garlow, He's an interesting guy as well, something to keep an eye out for for sure. And then for East Carolina, you know, we already know that you know uh, Holton Eilers is coming back to East Carolina to the Pirates, 6'2, 231 pounds. He's a big kid, um, but your know, second season over 3,000 yards, 18 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Um, you know, has really good arm strength. You know, he's, he's one of those you know, very athletic guys. Uh, has those wheels to be able to take off. You know, against Appalachian State had a 44-yard run on the outside. was called back due to holding, but man, the guy can really move. Um, the, the pocket presence, that's one of the things that you see him really starting to work on a little bit more as well. You know, really you want to see him cut down on the mistakes. That's really the biggest thing, you know, but the, the tenure, interceptions, that's something that he just needs to really kind of work on and really shave off. But uh, he's coming back for one more year. Um, I want to see what he can do there against BC if uh, Dracovic struggles again, then, you know, um, Holton Eilers really has a chance to win, not only win this bowl game, but really help springboard more of the Pirates into that 2022 football season. And uh, he'll be one of those quarterbacks that's kind of flying under the radar. So those are the first group of bowl games that you got to make sure you tune in and watch. A lot of really fun, interesting matchups. A lot of guys that are out there that could be flying under the radar. You know, look, you know, when you look at like Western Michigan, when you're talking about Ali Fayed and, and Ralph Hawley, two guys that you wouldn't really think of as potential pro prospects. They're undersized, both of them, but guys that just, man, they get after the football. They just know how to make plays. And Yes, they are undersized, but man, if you got guys that are able to shoot gaps, Able to come off the edge and put pressure on the quarterback, make plays behind the line of scrimmage, then there's going to be a home for you at the next level. Jalen Thomas is another very versatile linebacker, plays in the MAC. A lot of people don't see him, but he has that versatility to play sideline to sideline, drop into coverage as well, and make some plays behind the line of scrimmage against the run. And when you're talking about that, you know, that versatility, you got to have that. You got to have guys that are able to. Uh, be explosive, and be versatile to be a three-down player. You know, if you're going to draft somebody and you want to be able to have a guy that's going to be able to hang in there and, you know, obvious passing downs, be able to drop into coverage, rust the passion uh, coming off the edge or shooting gaps uh, when you need to. So when you're looking at these bowl games, it's not just going to be about the big guys, you know, the, the big names, the guys that we talked about at the beginning of the, po- the podcast. There are a lot of other guys. Jamal Hines is another guy very explosive coming off the edge could be a situational pass rusher coming out you know out of the gate, but uh, a guy who I think can end up really finding his way and getting more playing time um, as his career progresses. And uh, you know there are a lot of guys like I said in these first few uh, bowl games uh, that I'm gonna be tuning in for. Um, and really my favorite player in that whole group is going to be Cameron Thomas. I think he's one of those guys again. I think he he it's in a perfect situation. It's a great matchup against UTSA. See what he can do against Cynthia McCormick. See what he can do against an athletic quarterback like Frank Harris. I can see him you know, with you know racking up 15-16 quarterback hurries. I could see him with, with multiple tackles for loss, multiple sacks uh, in this game. Um, number 99, man, as long as he decides he's gonna play in that bowl game. He is worth the price of admission. He's a lot of fun to watch. I think he's going to end up being a first rounder. I think he can end up being a top 20 pick when it's all said and done. Um, I think a lot of people will probably have him in the mid-20s to at the very end of round number one, but I'm telling you, he's going to be a guy when it's all said and done. Could end up being the third defensive end taken in this draft behind uh, Aiden Hutchinson and on thibodeau i think he he has a chance to beat out uh george carloftis i think he has better length i think they're both explosive they can make plays but i thought carloftis left a lot out there on the field whereas cameron thomas delivered time and time again for the aztecs so it remains to be seen it'll be interesting to see exactly how everything shakes out as we get further and further into the draft process but he's definitely a guy to watch moving up draft boards And uh, mark my words, you know, I think he has a great shot to be a top 20 pick when it's all said and done. So let's bring an end to this podcast. Like I said, we're going to finish up the rest of the bowl games in a couple of days. We're going to take a look, first and foremost, at that college football playoff, why Cincinnati has a great chance against Bama, Georgia, Michigan, stylistically very similar on both sides of the football so that's going to be an interesting contest as well we'll break that down in terms of what the draft eligible prospects what that's going to look like so until then enjoy yourselves enjoy your week if we're ready for the draft.com this has been the ready for the draft podcast i'm your host Greg shoots take care and until then i am out of here